Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. So it's great. Can you believe this time next week we'll be at our Christmas Eve service? Unbelievable. So much going on in the life of the church. I'm going to get straight into it this morning because I've got something really exciting on my heart to share. Last week we looked at what happened 700 years before Christmas, before Jesus was born. There was this guy called Isaiah and he was predicting and prophesying the future. And he said this beautiful, um, beautiful thing in Isaiah. Um, chapter 9 and verse 6, being in songs and all sorts of things. He said this, he said, For unto us a child is born, the humanity that Jesus would come as a man. Then he said, For unto us a son is given. That Jesus wasn't just a child born, but he was also God with skin on. God moved into the neighborhood, put flesh on, and came to show us what God is really like. If you want to know what God is like, don't look at religion, look at Jesus. For unto us a son is is given and the government shall be will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace and of the greatness of sorry of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end You know, who knows that when Jesus was born, Isaiah predicting this and prophesying it in that little manger, you might have seen the meme on Facebook or Insta, but that was the first ever king-sized bed. (laughs) The manger. Some people haven't seen that meme yet, but that was the first king-sized bed because as he was being born, it was a king. It was actually a political leader coming really with a kingdom and a government, not just a saviour to be born. And this government is both still on the way as, a, as we look at the second coming when Jesus is, I don't think he's coming back, I think he's on the way and we need to be ready. We need to be a church that is ready. He is coming back and Isaiah saw thousands of years into the future that this, he's bringing with him this government and this, this end times reign of Christ. But he also brings the government in a sense, his here and now and it's called the kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus was bringing this kingdom and as he walked the earth, we could see the purpose of Christmas wasn't just a saviour, but it was a new government, a new kingdom. One of the greatest gifts that was coming through Christmas was this kingdom. That's why Jesus, when he started to grow up and then when he started to preach, he only ever preached one message. And he said, and it started off in Matthew 4, 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. It has arrived. Turn to me. Turn your life. Repent. Reorientate and come in my direction. Why? Because the kingdom of God is back. The reign of God, the rule of God, what was lost in the garden, what was lost with, with, with Adam and Eve falling in sin, that what was lost to take dominion and to take charge over the earth, what was lost is now back. So get ready because the kingdom is back. This concept of the kingdom was not invented by mankind. It was first invented by a creator God himself. He introduced it in Genesis when he said, let them have dominion over the earth. So mankind was created not for worship, just this worship, God, worship. No, we're created to take dominion over the earth, to subdue, to to be productive for God, to know that we're on assignment from heaven. And God left that into our 
hands and he gave it to man. And that's why when we fell, God already had a plan. He knew that he was going to bring and restore the kingdom. A kingdom can be defined as a governing influence of a king over his territory, impacting it with his personal will, purpose and intent, producing a culture, values, morals and a lifestyle that reflect the king's desires and nature for his citizens, for his citizens. You know, we call ourselves Christians and the more I've been thinking about it and the more I have to unlearn so much religion of the past and unlearn some of that religiosity, when you realize that Jesus didn't call us Christians, the people that first called us Christians weren't even Christians in the New Testament. They gave us the name. Pagan people called us Christians, little Christ ones. And that's all good, but I think a better term would be that we are, we are citizens of God's kingdom. And that brings a whole new dynamic to how I want to live and how I want to see my life go forward. Um, I wrote, Jesus didn't come to establish a religion. He came to redeem what was lost, which was kingdom authority as free children of the King of Kings. When he rose from the dead, it was just the beginning. And unfortunately, over history, the church, all generally speaking, have lost this truth. And we've watered down the gospel, the good news of Jesus, about trying to get people to heaven. When the gospel is heaven getting to the earth. Jesus came to give us that heaven, that government, that rule, that reign now. Yes, it's still to come. It's here, but not yet. But in a sense, it is here. And he's actually come. The gospel is actually about what God wants to do in your life. Not when you're dead. <laughs> now. Today. This day that he has made. Amen. It's all about actually earth. In fact, Jesus was asked about this in the next scripture on the screen, Luke 17, 20. Once being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus said this, The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's another translation, it is within you. God's work is an inside-out transformation work. Amen? He starts from the inside out. I'm so glad he started on the inside of me and he's still working things out in my life. But it starts on the inside. In fact, Jesus made this remarkable statement after healing a blind and mute demon-possessed man in Mark 12, verse 22. It's on the screen too. It says, They brought to him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. And Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. Now, Jesus healed him. And, but listen, watch this comment he makes a few scriptures on in 28. He said when being sort of uh, questioned about this, but if, the spirit, if by the Spirit of God I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He said, this is what the kingdom of God looks like when it comes upon someone. It sets them free from the oppression of the devil. And that's our calling in the, in, to go and to see the kingdom spread, to see the rule and reign of the kingdom spread, is that people's lives aren't under the oppression of religion and religiosity, under the oppression of sin, under the oppression of their past, under the oppression of depression and oppression, but they are set free because the kingdom of God will do that in a person's life. It's this new kingdom come upon them. I love that thought. This man experienced the King of Kings' personal intent and purpose in his life. And this morning, this morning you might think, what's this got to do with Christmas? And I want to say, we've got to spread the Christmas spirit, which is not emotional peace and joy. It is the kingdom of God. 
And we've got to spread that Christmas spirit everywhere we go. So I want to give you a few thoughts about that from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to go there. That's where we're going to land this morning, this last passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, Brian actually read part of it, so it's all linking up, Brian. That's good to see the Holy Spirit moving. Um, okay, here, here we go. So I, I want to talk to you and give you a couple of keys to really help us, which is helping my life and the journey I'm on out of this Scripture. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... Here's a new creation. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That word reconciliation, a great word. Um, and when you think about the word, put, let's unpack it, conciliate, to conciliate, to conciliate, concile everything together. If you went and did that at the bank or somewhere, everything would become one. So it really means oneness. Then it says to reconciliate. To re means to go back. So it's to go back. So to go back, God is bringing about the kingdom that we lost and bringing back the oneness that we can have with him through the forgiveness of our sins, through being one with God. That's just the beginning. But now we are at one with God where the Bible actually says Christians are one spirit with the Lord. It's a powerful thing. And we have been reconciled. And notice we have the ministry, it says, of reconciliation. And when you think of ministry, think of it in, we're so, I am so churchified that I think of it as in my Christian lens, but think of it in a, in a government sort of thing. When you've got a minister of health, or you've got a minister of something, a minister of this education, we've got the ministry, we carry out the functions of reconciliation, of bringing people the good news that, hey, it's all been done, you don't have to do anything, just receive the kingdom of God, receive this gift. So we have this ministry that has been given to us that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. So don't you do it either. Not counting people's sins against them. I don't think people need to know. Most people generally know. You don't need to sort of point out, oh, you're a sinner. Honestly, the Bible says the kindness of God leads people to repentance. I'm not saying we don't talk about sin at all. We can talk about it all the time. We talk about it at home all the time. We've got families that sin. We've got people that sin. We've got stuff going on. But hey, God, the gospel is good news, not bad news, counting people's sin against them. And this is so good news that he's not counting my sin against me. I'm so glad. If you're glad, yeah, amen. <laughs> a few of us are glad in here. It says he's not counting it against us. Um, where the heck am I? There we are. And he has committed to us, yes, this, ministry, this message of reconciliation. Verse 20, our key verse, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Come at one with him. He's done all the work. God made him who had no sin, Jesus, be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. We might be right with God in right oneness relationship. And I want to encourage us, we need to be Christmas ambassadors. Ambassadors. For Christ, I love that word. Jesus came from heaven and in that sense of bringing his government, he now wants to dispatch all his ambassadors across the earth. In fact, where there is in some of my reading where there is ambassadors of a country, uh, there's a thing called a chief ambassador who oversees all the ambassadors, so Australia ambassadors all over the world, but there's a chief ambassador and he oversees all the ambassadors 
And if any of them ambassadors want to talk to the government of their homeland, where they're from, they don't go straight to the top. They go through the chief ambassador because he's the way to the top. And Jesus said, if any man wants to come to the Father, they must come through him. He is our chief ambassador. But he wants to dispatch ambassadors everywhere. What is an ambassador? An accredited diplomat sent by a state as its permanent representative in a foreign country. Think about that. An ambassador represents, he leaves his country and he goes and moves and actually lives and dwells in this other country and his presence actually embodies the country that he's from. He's actually, his presence in his person, he is the country where he's from and he is the ambassador of that country and everything about that country he knows and he embodies in this new place. So we are ambassadors of Christ. We embody, in fact, the Holy Spirit said, I don't want to be around you, I want to be in you. And when you become a Christian, he comes and lives in you, and the kingdom of God is in you, and he, you embody this whole kingdom. You are not just walking around, just doing life. You are walking the steps of a good man, are ordered by the Lord, and when you're walking into places and spaces, you are bringing the kingdom with you. This is a powerful, powerful revelation for us this morning, I believe. So ambassadors, I want to give you a few thoughts about them. Number one, an ambassador, to be, to be an ambassador, you must be a citizen of the country you represent. And you cannot be a citizen of the country you are in. If that makes sense. The moment you become a Christian, your spiritual location and address changes. You move positions from darkness to light, from death to life. And in 1 Colossians 1.13, it says this, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So we move into a new residence as believers, and Philippians 3.20, these aren't on the screen, by the way, these next few scriptures, so just if you're taking notes, this is a powerful one, Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship, it says, is in heaven. So the moment you become a Christian, you're, you actually go back to where you originally were from. You're not from earth. You're not from your parents, you came through your parents. You come from God, and we are now citizens of another country. We are citizens of heaven. I love that thought. Um, you are not where you are, you are where you are from. A citizen of heaven, we are authorized to represent our king and to take dominion for him, for the kingdom of God. Um, so let me ask you a question. Are you comfortable, too comfortable down here? We shouldn't be too comfortable because an ambassador knows that this is not where he's going to be forever. Not going to be in this culture forever. I love that old song I grew up uh, listening to. It says, I'm just a passing through. I'm just passing through. Do you realize that you're just a passing through? That other quote, I'm not here for a long time, I'm here for a good time. Well, I want to say, I'm not here for a long time, we're here for a God time. We're here to make an impact for Jesus. And even Jesus knew this. He wouldn't be here forever. And as he went into that three years of ministry, he came in the power of the Spirit. And you're not going to be here forever, I'm not going to, but I'm going to be here for a God time. I'm going to make an impact for the kingdom of God. And an ambassador knows that their whole life is wrapped up in one thing, representing the kingdom where they're from. That's their whole life. And another point about an ambassador, number two, is they never get voted in. They're appointed by the 
chief, the king himself. Other politicians, whatever, may get voted in. Ambassadors don't get voted in. They get appointed by the king. Aren't you glad that you've been chosen? Because if it was up to people to choose, they wouldn't choose you. And they wouldn't choose me. It's true. I wouldn't be chosen. But God chooses us. In fact, it says in John 15, 16, you did not choose me, Jesus said, but I chose you. Now catch that. That's the choosing. That's you an ambassador. Then he says this, and appointed you. So I've chosen you. I've appointed you so that you might what? Go and be fruitful. Go and bear fruit. That's production. That's being productive. So to go and bear fruit, I'm going to be fruitful for my government, for my kingdom where I'm from, uh, and spread the heavenly influence. And then it says this, catch this, go and bear fruit and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. See the context of that? You're chosen, you're appointed, now go and bear fruit. And as you go about it, because who knows that an ambassador, when they move to that country, everything they need is given to them. Everything, you know, the other politicians, they don't get this stuff. The ambassador gets a place to live. The ambassador gets his school, kids' school fees paid. The ambassador gets everything, his food, everything, a car. He gets everything. Go And, and he says, hey, when you're, when you're bearing fruit, you'll have everything you need. Just ask the father because he's at the warehouse and he'll just dispose it to you. He'll just give it to you, give it to you because you're on my business. And that's a powerful thing. They don't get voted in. They get chosen. And you and I have been chosen and we will get prosperity, which is provision for purpose. That's what prosperity is. Provision for purpose. If God says you need a big house for your calling, he'll give you a big house for your calling. If you need a certain amount of cars, he'll give you. It's not about judging people. Oh, they're the prosperity people. Prosperity is provision from God for the purposes of God. And he's the one that knows what that is in our life. And he is our source. Number two, ambassadors always represent the state. They do not represent themselves. The personal opinions of the ambassador do not matter He represents the king's views, and they are found in the constitution of the king. And the constitution, so when people say, what's your opinion on this to the ambassador? He goes, I don't have an opinion on this. I just see what the constitution says. I know what my king has said. I I know it in here, and this is is where I stand on that. Because it doesn't really matter. My government's view is from heaven. It's a powerful thought. An ambassador cannot become the citizen of the country they're in. That's why you and me, you know, that's that scripture, we are in the world, but not of the world. We're here, we're in earth, but we're not from earth and we don't represent earth. We represent what heaven is like. That's why when Jesus said, when you pray, here's how I want you to pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. You're on earth as it is in heaven. He says, I want you to pray like that because you're going to be kingdom representatives. You're going to be kings with a little K, serving the king with the big K, king of kings. And as you go, heaven is, they're going to see what heaven is like. If it's happening in heaven, I want to spread it to the earth. I want the church to be an embassy for the kingdom where I'm from. And out of that embassy, people will know. So when you come to church next week, don't say you're going to church. So I'm just going to my local embassy. <laughs> just going in to get some of the, uh, just to check in with the constitution that I'm on track with the, what I'm doing here for the government. Well, you work for the, yeah, I work for the government. What, what government do you work for? It's out of this world. Just tell them that. You're going to church. Do you, do you want to come? <laughs> I represent him. 
as we represent the King of Kings. In fact, you know the saying, when in Rome? Where that, that, when in Rome, do as the Romans? Because when the Roman Empire took over and taking over the world, they did something that the others hadn't done. They, would, they used this sort of stuff. They would try and anywhere that they, they would establish and set up camp, so to speak, they would, everything, the culture would reflect Rome. Everything would be like you were in Rome, but you weren't in Rome because they were setting it up to spread the culture, the values, the influences and all that. They caught, caught this. And so when Jesus came at the time, uh, when he came, I think it was the right time for many reasons, but the reason he came in that empire is because people were understanding it. In fact, like when you think about what Jesus said, he said, uh, I will build my church. And we think about that as a church, but think about it in a political term. I will build my ecclesia. I will build my called out people who will spread my influence of what I'm like and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And, and that's what Rome were doing. So they would understand this language. Oh, yeah, when in Rome, do as Rome. Hey, we're, we're, we're meant to walk with that kind of power and authority taking the kingdom of heaven everywhere we go people want to know what peace looks like that's my prayer at the moment lord in such a busy season as nikki was saying lord help me to remember just to stop in the morning to have my time with you and to step out and put the shoes of peace on man because everything out there will try and take your shoes off and you need the shoes of the gospel of peace so that every step you're just like you know what god's with me let's just be a, let's lord help me represent the heavenly peace that i have in my kingdom in this chaos that we are in here so they would try and spread this, this, this stuff. Rome, there we are, heaven. Oh, th th fourth point, ambassadors are committed only to the state's interests. So whatever is important to the state, that is what their interests are. And when you think about what is important to God, what is important to him, that none shall perish, the Kalamunda Church of Christ is a church where we want to keep the main thing the main thing. And it is all about people coming to know Jesus. We believe passionately here that God desires none to perish, that every person that we see in this city, is desire, God's desire and his intent is that they come to know Jesus. And so we live with that mandate like Jesus said when they found him at 12 in the temple. He said, you know what? I must be about my government's business, my father's business. Remember he said that? He said, what are you doing here? We lost you. Imagine losing Jesus. You might have lost some things in your life, but at least you've never lost Jesus. His parents lost him. You know, churches often lose Jesus. We can lose him in religion. We can lose him in busyness. We can lose him in just doing the stuff, the mechanics. Let's not lose Jesus this Christmas. Let's keep him front and centre. They found him and he said, oh, I'm, I've got to be about my father's business. He was saying, I'm on divine assignment from here to get, get my dad's kids back. That's what I'm going to do. That's why he went to the cross. See, if you're a citizen of heaven, you don't go to a job. Tomorrow you go to your assignment. You don't just go anywhere. You don't go to Woolworths to get food. You go as a citizen of heaven on assignment to spread the king's influence in that place. Uh, whatever number I'm up to about ambassadors. Next one is ambassadors are totally covered by the government. They have all the access to the government's wealth where they're from. Somebody should be happy about that. They have access to everything that government has. Every resource they have is at their disposal and everything is paid for. Every need is met. That's why Jesus, when speaking to his crew in Matthew chapter 6, in that wonderful chapter, and he said, Why do you worry about what you will eat? what you would drink, what you will 
Where? Why do you worry about that? That's what the pagans worry about that stuff. Why do you worry about it? And then he says, all you've got to do in Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. you. You won't have to go looking for these things. If you put the kingdom first, I'll fill your car up. I'll give you every need you need if you're about the kingdom. Put that first. And he says, every provision will be made for you. I love it. I love uh, one time that Jesus had, um, I see it now so much through the, the Bible, all this kingdom talk. There's so much in there. I just wish we'd teach it at Bible colleges. I don't think I did a, a course on the kingdom of God. Maybe I did, I wasn't listening. But I don't remember it. I didn't. But it's such a powerful, important thing. I mean, it was Jesus's main message. You'd think it'd be at a Bible college somewhere, wouldn't you? Anyway, he comes up to this centurion. Remember this centurion? Meets Jesus and he says, uh, my servant lays sick at home. And this centurion understood kingdoms and authority. And he goes, Jesus says, oh, shall I, shall, come, shall I come and heal him? And he goes, no, no, just speak the word. Just say the word. And Jesus, at that moment, he went back, just say the word. Don't need to come to my house. He says, I'm a man with authority as well. I say to this one, go, and he goes. This one, come, and he comes. I understand kingdom authority. And if you are who I think you're saying you are, all you've got to do is speak the word, and your word carries that much weight and authority. My servant will be healed. Well, that guy went back home and his servant was healed. And at the hours, it was at the time that Jesus spoke the word. He sent his word and healed them. You need healing this morning? The word of God has the power to bring healing to your emotions, healing to your body, healing to your life, healing to relationships. And it's the kingdom of God that it's wrapped up in. You don't really need to preach a message on healing. Preach a message on the kingdom of God and healing is there. He understood the kingdom. Uh, Second last thought is an ambassador is protected by his government. He's protected, often has bodyguards, often has uh, protection. And I love someone who prayed this morning just uh, in in our early morning prayer time before was just thanking God that his angels are here. You know, the Bible says angels are ministering spirits sent to us. And even Jesus himself, he said, um, uh, when he was arrested, do you not think that I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. I want to encourage you, you are protected, you are covered by the king. He wants you to know that all of heaven has your back when you're putting the kingdom first and you're going after the things of God. And lastly, and the team can come back up for the music team. 10.04, look at us go, look at us go. You're still here. You normally leave, but when this is the conviction part, so you're all right. <laughs> the last point is this is that we an ambassador has all the government's authority embodied in him. We have the authority of the kingdom of God at our disposal. And also ambassadors are to remain in constant communication with their government back home. I don't know if this is still true, but I know in, at one stage it was in some countries where ambassadors' offices would have three phones. Two phones were for the general ambassador phone calls that would ring, ring, ring. But there was a phone called the green phone. And the green phone was not to ring out on. The green phone was when the king back home 
wanted to get in contact with the ambassador and you never do not, you answer. When that rings, you answer the green, green phone because you'll be in constant communication back home, getting updates, getting the memos, getting the morning emails, getting everything going, what you need to know for this day. Give us this day our daily bread, we pray. And so this green phone would ring and I just want to challenge us as I come to a close this morning. Sometimes we don't answer the green phone. Sometimes we have avoided the green phone. And for maybe for reasons in your life, you, you know that God is trying to speak to you. God is trying to get through to your life. God is saying, I'm ringing and I'm ringing. Would you, I want you to pick up the phone. And maybe this morning, whatever that looks like in your life, it's time to pick up that phone and know I've got to, I've, I need to get back in touch with the government where I'm really from, the kingdom of God. And that's every person here this morning is called. But we have full authority to represent him. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth, has, in heaven and on earth, in heaven and on earth, in heaven and on earth, because it was only in heaven after the fall, all authority now because he's risen from the dead, he's gone to hell and head-butted Satan, got the keys, and got the keys to the kingdom back. He comes back and now he says, I've got the keys. The kingdom of God is now back and all authority in heaven and now on earth is mine. Therefore, it's yours. Go. Go in all that authority. So if Jesus has all authority, guess who has no authority? The enemy. The only authority the enemy has is what we agree with to give him in our lives. He has no authority. The Bible says in Luke 10, 19, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And that's the authority of our ambassadors today. I'm going to read that last scripture that we read before. Therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors. That's on your resume now, okay? You are an ambassador for Christ. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. It's the good news. Would you stand with me? I'm going to close in a word of prayer. And as always, if you're here this morning and you would like prayer, our prayer team come down to the sides and they're available to pray with you. But hey, you don't have to be on the prayer team. Maybe you're here with somebody and you say, hey, would you pray for me? You don't have to come down the front. Jesus said my house will be called a house of religion, didn't he? No, he said it will be a house of prayer, connection with God. That's my house. He says, I, he says, I hate it when people come to church and they don't connect with me. I don't like that. I want it to be a house of prayer where people connect with God. And that'll be over coffee. That'll be everywhere. But if you need prayer this morning, I encourage you to come and receive prayer from one of our team. Father, we just thank you so much this morning that you came. You left heaven and you came, Father, in Jesus, your son, the chief ambassador. And we thank you so much that you won the victory for us, that you've defeated sin and death and that we are now free citizens of heaven. We thank you, Father, that that citizenship, our real identity can never be taken from us. And I pray, Father, for these words of mine that would just be your words in our hearts, would go in like a seed into rich soil and produce fruit in our lives this week that would be about heaven's business. And that would dig into the constitution of your word and go, Lord, show me. Show me what I have. Show me the authority that I have in this situation. Show me the provision you want to give me in this situation. 
Someone here this morning, I just believe that God would say, he just wants you to know, hey, I've got provision for you in this. Would you trust me? Look to me. Someone else, he's saying, just, I want you to answer the green phone. If the green phone is ringing, I want to get more access into your life. Come on, answer the phone. I love you. I've only got good things for you. And I'm ringing you. Father, for every person, I just pray a blessing over this morning. I pray the peace of God over us. And as we go into Christmas, Father, that we would not lose Jesus. And I pray it in your mighty name. Everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you, team.